Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to a serious radio live brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Today, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be continuing their in-depth study into the initiation of the solar system, part two. So, without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank Thank you, you, Nikki. And hello, Richard. Hello, Chrissy. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I think probably the very first thing we should mention for anyone who's listening right now is that we are currently engaged worldwide, that's the Ethereum Society worldwide, in a a, a series of spiritual energy outpouring uh, because of the Haiti earthquake. Um, I think currently there's 1,400 deaths plus recorded And we've been operational since Sunday with an Operation Prayer Power Discharge with spiritual energy runs from all five of our SCRs. That's including Michigan, uh, New Zealand, Los Angeles, Barnsley and London. And um, yeah, we're monitoring. We're also watching the Afghanistan situation very closely, um, the fiasco and the tragedy there. Uh, but of course, at the moment, they're not reporting bloodshed. But obviously, if anything should occur, we'll be operational with that too. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Some very awful, difficult, and dangerous situations in the world right now. So terrible. Yeah. All the more reason for us to continue our prayers and our healing. I'm sure we do. Yes. So today we're going to focus, as, as Mickey said, on part two of the transmission initiation of the solar system. And if you heard part one, or if you are already familiar with this absolutely tremendous event, you'll know it's it's quite an advanced study. In fact, if you haven't already done so, we would recommend that you listen to part one as well to get a fuller perspective. And you'll find that on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio under Ethereum Radio Live uh, and the archive section. It's the May the 18th show. So after you've listened to this one, then you might well want to listen to that one. Um, And also you might want to, if you're listening to the podcast, which is later on from this live show, you might want to follow the text as we discuss it and try to draw out some of the inner meaning. And if you have a copy of the book, Visit to the Logos of Earth, you'll find the transmission, the whole of the transmission published there. It's December the 28th, uh, page 35. Last time Absolutely. we covered, right, last time we covered the first part of the text, um, and just to give you a very brief overview of that, the people on the other planets, the cosmic intelligences on the other planets in the solar system took immediate benefit from this initiation of the whole solar system and made, as a result, a rise in consciousness and a rise onto another plane which existed within the magnetic fields of those planets. However, we on Earth, because of our backwardness, if you like, were unable to do so. And because, though, of the compassion of the planet on which we live, the beautiful Mother Earth, um, she was unable to take advantage of this cosmic happening because it would have meant the annihilation of us on, and all life on the base physical plane. So this was a great sacrifice on her part. And also we learned from other revelations made by Dr. King and the Cosmic Masters that this was a bigger event even than the initiation of Earth, which took place uh, five years earlier on July the 8th, 1964. And this initiation of Earth triggered, among other things, the alien mission, which had to be completed prior to the initiation of the solar system. It also triggered Operation Carmelite, which was given a deadline of only months prior to the initiation of the solar system. Again, that was December uh, 1969. Uh, To bring about this 
uh, deadline is to bring out the greatest possible good. And it looks as though this deadline, given by a perfect of Saturn, related to this initiation. Unlike the initiation of Earth, the inhabitants of all the other planets in this solar system, including advanced animals and vegetation, didn't need to be screened from the initiatory energy, but instead were vibrated onto a higher physical plane. If we could travel to these planets, the civilization and the life forms there would not be visible to us unless they chose to be there, to be, because of this initiation, this raising of all the life forms. Uh, there's some points, uh, these are some of the points that came to light in part one. And I'm going to read the last extract from this transmission that we looked at in May. But before I do, Richard, is there anything you'd like to add to yes. that? Yes, that's a brilliant, great summary. Thank you for that, Chrissy. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple of things I'd just throw into the mix. And this is something we commented on last time. First of all, of course, Chrissy and I, hands up, we're completely out of our depth here. We're talking here <laughs> very advanced astro-cosmic metaphysics, uh, it's astrophysics, whatever it might be determined. It, it, it's it's so advanced that we're we can only scratch the surface. But it's our it's been given to us for a reason. I always feel that Chrissy, even with the most advanced teachings, they wouldn't be given to us if they were if we could gain nothing from them. And the study of this is incredibly rewarding. And I do recommend our members and sympathizers and, and new people who are just coming across the Ethereum Society to do that because you'll find it stands up to scrutiny. I mean, here is a great example. Chris has listed off some of the events. But you, even Dr. King, in his physical body anyway, couldn't have known the tie-up between the initiation of Earth, the alien mission, the timing of the ending of Operation Carmelite, and then the initiation of the solar system um, before they happened. But when you can look back, if you like, with a historian's eye, you can see an incredible consistency here and a plan here that study reveals. So I do recommend that because these teachings, they, they stand up to whatever level you, you wish to apply to them. Contemplation, even meditation, when we're able to do that. And more and more is forthcoming. The other thing I would just mention, uh, in keeping with what Chrissy was saying there, is that the you know, I raise a question here, which is, did the Mother Earth accept her initiation on July the 8th, 1964? And by the way, uh, the people around Dr. King at the time, his wife, Charles Abrahamson, uh, Irene Nope, have revealed that he did not know that that transmission was going to be the initiation of Earth until after it was delivered. So it's not like he had a plan here. It, he had to play it back because he was in such a deep somatic trance that he needed to hear it himself. He had, didn't have a recall of it. Um, so he was really, uh, you know, um, a party to it, just as everyone else was after it had been given. And I repeat, in his earth physical body, I'm sure in his full aspect he knew. Uh, well, he definitely knew because he participated. But my question is this, did the Mother Earth accept her initiation when she did to pave the way for the initiation of the solar system? Is that why she did it? Because it came about as a result of a, a petition that she made through the Lord Babaji to the hierarchical laws of the solar system and within weeks it took place after her petition. I mean it had been due her for hundreds of thousands of years actually. But she then decided and because it happened then these other events were triggered. I mean just to name one as we, we highlighted last time the alien mission had to be finished before the initiation of the solar system. Had it not been a light would have been lit uh, which would have drawn these alien craft to this solar system. So um, that was all part of a plan uh, which uh, she was party to. And it goes to show because she didn't do it for herself. She didn't accept the initiatory energies herself. But so she, in all probability, and I don't know, I'm just looking at the facts and deducing things, rightly or wrongly, but it looks to me, certainly, as though she did that knowing 
yes, it would help humanity because of these missions and the adepts being on Earth, but also for the sake of the other live streams on other planets. Well, there's some very interesting points there, Richard. Thank you for those. It makes you realize that the more in-depth we go with the teachings, as we try to do with the serious radio lives, that still we're only really scratching the surface and there's so much more that we can, so much further we can go. So thank you for those very interesting Yeah, and on thoughts. that note, by the way, because I mean, on a theorist radio live, we do vary it. Last time we were doing a UFO special, so we, we you know, we try to vary it. But sometimes, like this program, is, is very in-depth and extremely advanced. Certainly for me, it's very advanced. I'm struggling to keep up with it and uh, I, I'm helping to present it. But, you know, it does show one thing that I've come to realize, but I, you know, it's been in the teachings for all from the beginning, actually, that there's a difference between depth and complexity. And mm -hmm. a lot of particularly intellectually minded people, um, and I'm not decrying intellectual uh, thought because, you know, as some new age people do decry it. I don't think it should be decried. It, it, it's a, a very important thing to have a logical brain. But the trap, I think, that can be fallen into in science, in politics, in many areas, uh, philosophy, especially Western philosophy, is that it's cons the more complex, the more um, diversion, and the more elaborations, if you like, that are found around a particular line of thinking, the per they tend to think they're going deeper. They aren't necessarily going deeper. De depth is meditation or contemplation on simplicity the simplicity of a thing there are complexities tremendous complexities in the initiation of the solar system but if we just skirt around it with our compl complicated minds we won't get to the very kernel of it so it's just taking it on board concentrating on it then contemplating on it taking as far as we can and and the, and the facts there well, as you say, Chrissy, they will, they will reveal so much. It'll just pop into your mind and you'll suddenly have a, oh, that's why that happened. That's what that meant. And it all fits together in a, in a beautiful jigsaw. And you can see that Dr. King was coming up with these jigsaw pieces at different times and in different order. Uh, couldn't have planned it. Couldn't possibly have planned it. And yet at the end, when you look back, they all fit in and the picture is clear to be seen. Yes, fantastic plan. Yeah. And we're so one, one final thing be before, you, before you go, yeah, absolutely, before you go on, Chrissy, is just to say that Dr. King did reveal that intelligences from this galaxy could come to Earth and live among us and yet be unaware of our presence on Earth. They could come to this Earth and not see us because they operate on a different energy level. We have a whole different time you know, concept here. They operate in a different time sequence, maybe a different dimensional sequence. And he said we might appear to them as, some, as shadows across the screens of their senses, but they wouldn't be able to actually identify us as living forms. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, talking for Ethereum Radio Live, I think it's an absolute um, USP or whatever the, the word is, it's a, a sort of benchmark of us and of Dr. King right from the beginning that he was talking about intelligences mainly in this solar system. Uh, not the Pleiades, not Alpha Centauri mainly, not some constellation we've never heard of. Uh, and many mediums and movements, I don't think they wanted to go there because they thought that there couldn't be life in this solar system. They thought that too, some of them. And they thought, we'll go out far out. Nobody can check if I go out way out <laughs> into some distant place. But actually, of course, now that we have these concepts in science of multidimensional existence, of invisible matter, that's all changed. And we have this legacy going back over 60 years of contacts with beings in this solar system. Well, that is a very interesting point. Yes, thank you, Richard. Yeah. So I'll um, continue now with the last part of the transmission by the Master of Theories that we uh, went into in the May the 28th show. And this is the Master of Theories. He begins, Your explorers 
have already spoken to you with forked tongues regarding their findings upon the simple moon which is your neighbor. Already information gathered during the landings upon Luna has been carefully screened and you have been told what authorities saw fit to tell you, no more. This type of situation will continue, but rest assured that there must come a time because of your evolutionary position that a great change will take place in this respect. It is not part of the divine law to keep life forms in confinement, even in planetary confinement. Neither is it in the divine law to keep life forms in ignorance. As you move outwards towards the other worlds, so also will your internal systems change until you will be just as informed of conditions and discoveries as those who experience them. This is so. Yes, I think it's in, very interesting that, isn't it? And, we, and I think it bears repeating because when we did the last show, part one, it was on May the 18th. And of course, uh, it, it was some days, a month later, June the 25th, strangely it was my birthday, but that was a, a good thing as far as I was concerned, <laughs> that the Pentagon released a report. Now, we're not going to go into that again. We, we covered that in depth um, in the last show. Um, but it's, it's a step. It's certainly not what we'd hoped for. It's disappointing. In fact, I won't say hopeful because my expectations are so low after campaigning on this for over 40 years. But some people certainly hoped for more than that from the Pentagon. And, they sh and we should have had a lot more than we had. But having said that, though, it's a step. I mean, they admitted they're real. They've uh, instructed uh, military and naval personnel now to report their what they call UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, within two weeks. They're under orders to do that now. They're not ruling out alien life. They should have ruled it in. They didn't go that far. They should have done. But they haven't ruled it out either, which they used to do. So although it's, I mean, they're way behind the public, um, it is a, certainly a step forward. I mean, the statement in the transmission it's not part of the divine law to keep life forms in confinement, even in planetary confinement. Neither is in the divine law to keep life forms in ignorance. As you move outwards towards the other world, so also will your internal systems change until you will be just as informed of conditions and discoveries as those who experience them. This is so. We really look forward to that, don't we, Chrissy? We, we look forward to that really you know, being revealed fully, and it certainly isn't yet. But they are moving in that direction, and they've moved in that direction since part one of this, uh, this program. Yes, absolutely. And uh, thank you for all the hard work you've done and promoting this topic over 40 years. Wow. So anyway, going back to this uh, transmission extract, Remember, the Master of Sirius began it saying, you're explorers, assuming that he was talking about the first astronauts to land on the moon. And actually, the astronauts landed just a few months before this transmission, didn't they? I think it was July 1969. So that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But also, he, I wanted to comment on the Master of Sirius's uh, comment when he said, already information gathered during the landings upon Luna has been carefully screened, and you have been told what authorities saw fit to tell you no more. Um, on that topic of landing on the moon, I was reading the question and answer section of the book by our master, You Are Responsible. And in that, the master of Sirius said in a transmission he delivered, I think in the, the late 1950s, that cosmic intelligences had a base on the moon. And from there, rays are projected, which help the masters in their work. And also when asked whether they use the dark or the light side of the moon, the Master of Sirius answered that they use both sides, but use the side facing terror for observation. I don't know what the astronauts saw when they landed, the first astronauts when they landed in 1969, but we do know, it's quite common knowledge, I think, that there was a missing two minutes communication when they landed, like silence, and lots of speculation over the years. Um, certainly when this transmission was given, in the Master of Theories' words, the bridge on the moon was fabricated by us, by the Cosmic Masters, and its action is a magnetic one. He said it draws together certain prevalent magnetic fields, and when they are there, they can use this power, they being the cosmic intelligences. And he also said, which I thought was very interesting, that our Stonehenge had a similar use centuries ago. 
So we do know then that cosmic intelligence has, have indeed been on the moon for certain reasons. And the implication from the master of Sirius is that our explorers, the early astronauts, knew about this. Yeah, um, that's, that is interesting. Yeah. And, and of course, it's, we won't know whether that uh, bridge and the other apparatus you're talking about there, Chrissy, has also been raised as per their other equipment and um, machinery on their own planet, since it's their machinery, not ours. That now may have been raised even from the moon. Um, yeah. We, which is another interesting... You know, when, when, when we get on to sort of cover-ups and so on, um, people always raise the question, is it incompetence or is it a cover-up we're seeing here? As if the two are separate, uh, it's quite possible for them both to be incompetent and covering up at the same time. And I'm sure that's what's happened with, with UAPs or UFOs. In fact, we gather there's big disputes within government and within the Pentagon from different factions some of them evangelical Christians, apparently, and some not. And not only America, Britain too and elsewhere, about how this should be handled. So we don't have to doubt their incompetence. I'm sorry to say, you've only got to see Afghanistan at the moment, and you've got incompetence across the globe, not just from America, and not just from any particular political party, but real, I mean, tragic incompetence. Um, but you've mm. also got cover-up, and, well, the good news is a promise here that that won't last forever eventually we will be told the truth, which we should be. Absolutely. Yes, so true. I think you mentioned earlier, Richard, when we were talking, um, that there was also a transmission in Join Your Ship, 1964 delivered, That's when right. we were told that... Um, is, is there any, do you remember what that transmission yes, in was? August, in August of 1964, the ban on travelling to the moon, which had been imposed by the Cosmic Masters, was lifted... Um, so it was after that that actually you mentioned a, a landing yourself there that it, w it could happen. Um, and likewise, of course, but the, 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 the ban remained on going to other planets until this transmission, the initiation of the solar system, and then that ban was also lifted. And of course, it's only since then that uh, people have, or astronauts have gone, or equipment has gone, I should say, to other planets. So... Um, again, entirely consistent. There, that's a great thing about the teachings, isn't it? One of the great things. Mm. So consistent, yeah. Mm. So the next part of the transmission, I will continue, the Master of Sirius. This change brought about by the evolution of life forms on the major planets in the solar system does not invalidate your teachings, although now the brief picture given of life on the planets must, in the light of these revelations, be brought up to date. The planets themselves as entities accepted only a fractional amount of the initial power offered to them. They decided to hold their initiation in abeyance and the Lords agreed so that they could continue existence in their present state. By so doing, they could remain of service to evolving life forms in other parts of this galaxy and evolving in certain ways terrestrial man. The concept behind this decision, arrived at by the logi of the planet, of these planets, would be too deep to express in your language. Suffice to say that they made the decision referred to for some of the reasons given, and thus it has been done. Yes, it's... Um too tragic for words really isn't it that it seems that we particularly we are holding back even planets and 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 you know i wouldn't know where to begin on that and we will certainly come on to that but starting with the first statement in there about updating uh, our brief the brief picture given of life on the planets currently we have a book life on the planets which is currently are not available and it's not available because it has to be updated and it's a job which is actually in hand at the moment it's taken us a while i freely admit to get on to this um but and, and indeed dr king himself too but there have been massive priorities such as the uh, performance of the missions and so on and there are other things that need updating as well but this is one of them and it's a very important one and i've 
personally been working on that together with other directors. Um, we, I, Mark Bennett, who's appeared more than once on this program, I'm very pleased to say, uh, on this show, he found a very interesting reference, Chrissy, in the, the lecture that some listeners will know. It's called The Realms of the Masters, Levels of Consciousness, Part 2. It was given in 1965. And I quote from that. They, that refers to those on the realms of the master. So we're talking about the highest planes of earth, levels five, level six. They don't reside on level seven because nobody can reside on level seven permanently, but they would go there at certain times. It's a, the highest realm around earth. They study Akashic records so that they learn the true history of the world and the true histories of races, the true histories of religions and so on. This adds to their overall knowledge, and extremely valuable knowledge it is too, because without it they would not be really ready to go on to even higher planes still, the interplanetary planes. All the way through, please note, we are dealing with planes below the Martian plane and the Venusian plane. So I think that's very interesting. And I'll throw in another thing, which is even earlier, and as early as it as can be, really. This is a transmission that's published in You Are Responsible. Also, Mark brought this to my attention. Um, and, and it's called Let Us Help You. And it was delivered on September the 11th, 1954. That's before Dr. King even went public and before the Ethereum Society was founded. And uh, it stated this. We have indeed outgrown your earth and have gone on to a higher plane of material existence. So you can see from those two references that right from the very beginning, Dr. King was clear that there was higher dimensional life on the other planets. He was not talking about life necessarily on this physical plane. So when you read, for example, in You Are, Are Responsible, about his visit to Mars or his visit to Venus, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that occurred on the physical plane, but there was a more uh, vegetation, possibly animal life, and at times probably uh, humanoid life, using the physical plane before this initiation. But the predominance of their civilization was higher, even than our highest realms on, on this earth. I think that's a very important point to make, really. It is very important. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Richard. And, of course, we do have to update um, Life on the Planet. It's, uh, for those, some, some listeners will have that book already. Uh, for others, as I repeat, it is going to be coming out and it is going to be made available. Um, and, you know, we, we, we really need to do it in the light of the transmission we're, we are now studying. Uh, it came prior, this transmission, to any successful attempt by the space programs of our governments to land upon other planets. The Soviet Union had unsuccessfully tried to land on Venus before this, but only after this initiation did successful landings take place on Venus and Mars. That's another sign of consistency. There had been successful landings on the moon, as you've mentioned. But unlike humanity, the residents of other planets are highly cultured from a spiritual point of view as well as a scientific one. They were ready to be part of this initiation. They were raised to a higher vibratory, vibratory level, as were the most advanced animals and vegetation. By the way, there is, and we draw attention to this last time, a misprint in the book where it says vegetable. It should say vegetation. And that's quite significant because... In uh, Life on the Plants, for those who already have a copy, from an old copy, um, it mentions life on Mars and it mentions vegetation strips on Mars. And it's quite possible that those have now been raised as some advanced vegetation was raised during this initiation. And so it, the result of all this, from our point of view, could be that other planets could appear, and I stress that, appear, to be uninhabited, somewhat barren landscapes, possibly with some basic vegetation. And uh, that, that, I think, is a, a very key point. Um, so those are some of the points, I think, that, that really we need, we need to focus on there. Um, 
here we have a very sad fact, and I, I think you really probably yourself, Chris, you want to comment, don't you, on the planets, uh, these wonderful, intelli great intelligences of tremendous compassion who, like the Mother Earth, have not accepted the initiatory energies they were due. Their inhabitants have, but they haven't. Exactly. In fact, I say that, but should we go to a break? I've just noticed the time, and then you could carry on with that after the break. Yes, that would be good. Thank you. Well, my, my goodness, um, revelation after revelation keep coming. Thanks so very, very much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to Aetherius Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, continuing their in-depth study, The Initiation of the Solar System, Part 2. Wednesday, August 25th, sees a King Yoga event, which will be presented by Lisa Rossa, called Mysteries of the Goddess Earth. This is an online event only, and will be live-streamed from the Aetherius Temple in London, starting at 7 p.m. BST. Details on Aetherius.org. And here's some really good news for us all. 12 midnight. GMT, September 3rd, heralds in the first hour of the third spiritual push for 2021, when once again that shining temple of light, the giant spacecraft known as the third satellite, will be in orbit of this world until October the 9th, during which all spiritual actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. The special service to mark the first hour of this third spiritual push will be live-streamed from the Aetherius Temple in London and, very happy to say, this will be conducted by Richard Lawrence. You are warmly invited to join with us for this special service and also please feel free to join us in the regular daily services held not only during this spiritual push but also throughout the year as we continue sending out much-needed spiritual energy and again details on Aetherius.org. On September 21st, Richard and Chrissy will be presenting yet another truly insightful Aetherius Radio Live show entitled Terrestrial Initiation and Cosmic Hierarchy. That's an exciting one. So that's it for now. And I'm now, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to your hosts, Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Thank Nikki. you Nikki. That's the uh, chorus, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you, Nikki. Oh. So, yes, these, so, these, yes, Chrissy, over to you. Oh, well, thank you. I just wanted to mention uh, a few things about when the, the planets decided, the planetary Logi decided to hold their initiation abeyance. And, um, and the Master Aetherius said, the concept behind this decision arrived at by the Logi of these planets will be too deep to express in your language. Um, and Richard, um, I know you agree. It is difficult, almost impossible, to really understand or appreciate this depth of compassion by these planetary Logi. And, you know, most people think the planets are lumps of lifeless rock, but it's, you know, living, breathing beautiful, sensitive, highly, highly evolved intelligences. And as an astrologer of many years, I, I, I know that to be true, but certainly in our teachings too. Um, and you, and um, I think, and I know it was mentioned that Dr. King said that if the planets had accepted their initiation fully, they would have risen to a higher vibration, which would have affected, in fact, disrupted the whole of the solar system. And I think of this balance from an astrological perspective as a sort of cosmic symphony of delicately balanced energies affecting all life and enabling us, all life to evolve. And this solar system, in fact the whole of creation, it is full of mathematical beauty and precision. And just take the orbits of Venus and Earth as an example, his two wonderful planets. Um, they form, and this is astronomically speaking, you can see pictures of it on the internet, they form a fantastic invisible dance that forms a pattern that looks like a pentagram with petals around it, like a five-petaled rose called the flower of life, which is an ancient symbol which is found 
all around the world, actually. And it said that eight of Earth years are equal to 13 Venus years, so meaning that the two planets approximately trace out this pattern as they orbit the sun. And so there is all this beauty and perfection that we don't even see from the planets that are constantly, every second, affecting us, helping us to evolve. And yet these wonderful planets through this unimaginable sacrifice, a refusing an initiation of that caliber that they deserve, are enabling us <laughs> to have this opportunity in the way we do because of their unbelievable compassion. So, you know, if people think the, the planets are just lifeless rock, then I think we should educate them. Think again. Certainly not. Absolutely. But that's beautiful, Chrissy. And of course, you know, one has to think what would have happened had they accepted the initiation. One assumes that they would have vibrated up as well on another frequency level, that they wouldn't actually exist on the physical level at all, which means that the gravitational pulls and the, the magnetic conditions of the solar system would be, I mean, there'd be one planet in it, basically, which would be the Earth, I, I assume. All the others, if they'd accepted the initiation, would have gone up. And what would have happened to the orbit of Earth? I mean, you know, it, it doesn't bear thinking about, apart from anything else, and the energies that we absolutely need, uh, which comes from the sun, of course, but also from the other planets. So thanks for making those points. I, I would make another point that Dr. King made a very definite statement. It was very, very unusual for him. And again, we did mention this last time, but I think it has to be mentioned today as well, uh, that he actually said that he didn't like the fact that the planets were now open to our exploration, that he didn't think we deserved that. And, and he said that uh, if he'd had any say in it, we'd have been confined to this earth until we were proved worthy. But of course he went on, and I'll, I'm now quoting, however I don't have any say in it, I must conclude that whether I like it or not doesn't make a bit of difference. The Lords have decided this, and I'm very glad that they take the responsibility of such decisions because I wouldn't like to. I really wouldn't like to be faced with the responsibility of that decision to take the embargo of interplanetary travel to man. I would not like that responsibility. On the one hand, if you do confine him to this planet, you're confining the whole of his education to a certain set of environments. On the other hand, if you allow him to go to other planets, he may upset the balance of those planets and undoubtedly will because of his blundering ignorance, if for no other reason. And, I mean, there's a very controversial and extremely rare for Dr. King to actually say that he didn't agree. I mean, he, he wanted it to be stricter. I mean, he, here you have an interplanetary intelligence himself, an avatar, in an Earth physical body who knew from his first-hand experience what human beings are like. He could see how they behaved. And he felt they would blunder their way, into, or we would blunder our way, into highly civilized spiritual cultures. Not that they couldn't handle that, of course, on other worlds, but they shouldn't have to. And so that's, as I say, something really, I think, worthy of note. I mean, he talked about our clumsy inter interventions and... Um, you know, and, and when we don't have sufficient knowledge, appreciation, respect and reverence for those who dwell there. And of course, he's absolutely right on that point. I have no idea whether he's right on, on disagreeing with the Lords. It's way beyond my pay grade to even comment. But it's interesting, I think, to see that very rare and extremely honest admission that he publicly made. That's very interesting indeed. Thank you, Richard. When you think about some of the people on this planet who are trying to you know get to other planets to populate the other planets and you know then you can see that this is uh, probably quite true yeah well i mean certainly um there's no doubt that um the concept as the master ethereus said and as you repeated behind the decision arrived at by the logoi of these planets is too deep to express in our language and um such compassion and realization as that demonstrated by the, by the planet is beyond the scope of our, our language. Um, I mean, suffice to say, says the Master of Theorists, because he's polite but extremely honest, and you could put, this is all you're capable of understanding, 
is how I would put it. Um, yes. But I, I think the word sacrifice is the second most commonly used word by the Master Jesus in the Twelve Blessings to the word peace. And if it is really? the second, it's close to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's, it, you know, the 12 blessings, and we're going to go into that in the next show more. We're going to follow this initiation of the solar system with terrestrial initiation, coming right down to Earth, and cosmic hierarchy. And you can see as you go through the 12 blessings, the higher you go, the greater the sacrifice they've made. And Mother Earth notably, of course, but all of those intelligences are sacrificing, and it seems to be a common trait of the advanced intelligence and uh, I'm afraid it's not the common trait of people on earth uh, which is probably why we're where we are and they're where they are yes absolutely so Richard thank you for that I'll just continue with them with the next reading yes please the do transmission the master is serious now life forms who have enjoyed the fruits of their evolution by this great happening can be of even greater service than they were before and indeed have already started to spread themselves throughout the galaxy. Yes, and will go even beyond these confines at a date in the not-too-distant future, demonstrating by action they will go, touching with their minds those other life forms ready for such contact. And thus, slowly, surely, another aspect of the great plan for the total evolution of all beings will be worked out in perfection, which is the governing law behind it all. Yes, well, that's very interesting. Um, by the way, before we leave the other topic, um, Alison, you know, who studies astronomy quite a lot, my wife Alison, who's been on the show a few times, uh, told me uh, that before the show that there is a plan to terraform Mars. In other words, governments and other bodies have got a plan to try and make Mars more habitable by mankind. So you can only imagine what they would do to it. And you can yes, see why right. there was a ban prior to this, uh, this initiation. And Dr. King would keep the ban if it was just up to him. But this is very revealing, I think, the reading you've just kindly done there, Chrissy, because what does it say? New life forms who have enjoyed the fruits of their evolution by this great happening can what? Bathe in bliss, enjoy mm -hmm. deep somatic meditation, go off into retreat and really benefit from their initiations by gaining greater powers and personal freedoms? No. By being of even greater service than they were before. And indeed have already started to spread themselves through the galaxy. Now, I do another show, and you've been on it, Chrissy, and I'm, I'm very honored that it's broadcast on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. It's called the Spiritual Freedom Show. And it focuses, we have the chance on that show, to focus in on very short extracts from the nine freedoms and really hone down on them and draw out what they really mean and how we can apply them in our lives. And it's become so clear to me, more than it ever has before, just in doing that show, which is a real privilege to do, I must say, because we also play the, the, the Mars Sector 6 transmission in those extracts every time. We have permission from the international directors to do that. But it's quite remarkable, really, what this change represented in the Nine Freedoms represents and how it shows that now we're in parallel or we're trying to be, if we follow it properly, you know, in, in conformity, if you like, to our, what should be our cosmic family, this solar system. The intelligence is in this solar system. Of course they're going to be the main communicators with a, a channel on Earth. The intelligences in this solar system are going to be the first and foremost communicators, not some intelligences from distant constellations. We are integrally relinked to them. And I think the nine freedoms brings us into synchronization more. Those teachings are in tune that we will now, from this day forth, or from the nine freedoms day forth over 60 years ago, that the path has changed. It's no longer about our development and only then and when we're ready, then we can really serve. And to be honest, I don't believe all the people who followed the old meditative path had in mind, I'm only doing this so that I can serve more. I'm sorry. I'm sure some did. I believe the, the Milarepa, just to name one, the 10th century uh, Tibetan yogi, stated it. 
he was coming enlightenment because enlightened to help the world but I don't think they all had that in their sights I'm sorry to say I think they had in their sights greater bliss greater freedom um, nirvana merging with the, uh, the the universal force and bye bye everyone carry on you carry on on earth and uh, I'm, I'm off I, you know, and I hope I'm wrong. But anyway, it doesn't really matter now because we've moved on. And of course, there are wonderful masters in, 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 in the Great White Brotherhood, male and female, who, who weren't of that inclination at all, and they proved it. And I don't think anyone who was of that purely selfish inclination would reach that destination anyway. They'd have too many blockages in their aura and in their Nardic system for the Kundalini to rise fully uh, and work them to that stage of so-called nirvana but the point i'm making and sorry i'm so long-winded here is this there's this big change now that what we are asked to do is essentially in tune with what they're doing not that they don't meditate they do some of them go into extended periods of galactic samadhi whatever that is and we should too we should contemplate and when we're ready we should meditate but only to enhance our service afterwards or shall I say mainly there's nothing wrong in having your own development in mind it's, it's perfectly fine but in the old days I think it was you know we'll develop ourselves and as a side benefit we'll then be able to help others more now it's we'll serve others and as a side benefit we'll develop more and that's the way around that it should be um, but looking at the seventh freedom which is about interplanetary existence the whole thrust of it is their advancement through service um, a planetary birth leads to a realization of uh, the of the limitation imposed by the recognition of basic dimension and a will to overcome this imposition this limitation a will to forge through interplanetary service to even greater realization and appreciation of the whole unity of all things not through meditation these primarily I'm sure that they do that but through service through their travel that's how they're gaining their greater consciousness their greater enlightenment and it's done to serve and that's what they're rejoicing at it seems from this the, the words you've just read that they can now this they can go beyond these confines even the, even the confines of the galaxy and they can demonstrate by action not by words not by philosophy but by action they'll go touching with their minds other life forms ready for such contact and then another aspect of the plan for total evolution of all beings will be worked out in perfection so that's a very different approach I think to initiation and as I say we're going to be going into terrestrial initiation in the next show to that by some not all not all but by some on this earth well thank you Richard that certainly is a crucial key for all spiritual aspirants to understand um, you know so many people I know spend a lot of time on learning to meditate and that's fine studying obtuse complex doctrines but boil it all down it's this desire to act and help others to be of service which actually is an innate desire as a part of who we are it must be because mm. within us is the divine spark um, it should be our sort of default position and so it really works thank you but it really works is the other final thing I'd add to that you know that uh, the more uh, we do serve the more we demonstrate as I think one of the transmissions says, love in practical action and love of course being a very very underestimated force I think we were talking about that song that you and I grew up with Chrissy shows our age all you need is love by the Beatles and yeah. they've got that great concept in there all you need is love which is actually true and then in the next sentence uh, he says and it's easy I think is the next line and it's not easy yeah. so it's like good and then wrong in the same song nevertheless it it's love in its highest sense is a result of awakening higher psychic centers the very goal of the old aspirants uh, who, who even the kundalini yoga aspects was aspirants was to awaken the higher chakras or psychic centers the heart center the throat center the Christ center when we really serve fully 
these centers do open and that's when we radiate a real love true love not not a sort of limiting love a sentimental sort of attachment type of love um, and so the two are, are are completely linked and then when the time is right we can instead of radiating love through those centers we can when we're ready and I'm not and I'm haven't achieved this so let me say that straight away lodge the kundalini in those same self same centers in its entirety for the purpose of meditation so the two go absolutely hand in glove and this concept of awakening advancing of developing while serving uh, I think is something that people don't really grasp they see it more as a sacrifice oh I've given that up in order to serve no you haven't it might be a bit slower but it'll also be safer but it does work and you know if you really and it if it really is service um, you know you're not doing it for your income you, you know you may have to do certain things for your income of course we all do but you're doing it absolutely voluntarily and you're doing it in the most potent way you know we all have to choose how to do it. And here you have this sort of living example by these cosmic forces. Here they have their greatest initiation, and what's the result of that? Even greater service. Absolutely. And I'll just finish uh, this transmission, Richard, the Master Ethereum. And you will, yes. like small children, stretch your hands outward and gradually lift yourselves upward into the lasting realms of truth. Have faith in your God and work in such a way that this faith becomes alive and the confines of ignorance which have in the past bound you to terror will be broken down and you will be able to crawl your way through the universe. Thank you for your kind attention. Good afternoon to you all. Well, that says it all. What do you, any comments on that, Chrissy? Um, I suppose crawl our way through the universe yeah. crawl because we are children we are you know very small compared to the great ones on other planets and like children we have to learn to crawl before we we do walk. and it's uh, it's you know a combination there of advancement with and compassion by the master Ethereus with devastating truth really I mean he, he is extremely honest in the most wonderful manner especially when yeah. you're able to hear the transmissions mm -hmm. but it's it's so true and of course faith is something that is derided a bit it is regarded as a cop-out and, and there's a difference between faith and fantasy uh, there seems to be a lot of fantasy about at the moment of, of various kinds Faith is based on experience, it's based on results, it's based on logic, it's based on, perhaps above all, intuition and conscience. But it's a powerful force. And in fact, in one transmission, the Master of Theorist describes it as a 25-dimensional force, as against mathematics, which is three-dimensional. Um, so it's... No, I've got that wrong, I'm sorry. A nine, sorry, nine-dimensional. He talks about 25-dimensional power. No, I correct myself. So it was a, a nine-dimensional false faith. Belief, six-dimensional. Mathematics, three-dimensional. So I, the full meaning of that, I don't know, but it certainly shows that it's a, it's a more advanced state than basic mathematics or even belief. Yes, absolutely. So I think, really... Um, you were, I think, kindly going to lead us. Now we've really completed in, in our our small way, I must say that, this vital transmission. And I think for all members of the Ethereum Society, it can get passed over. And it's a, it's a mistake because it's an absolute core and key transmission to so many things that happened both before it and after it. Uh, I think it's, that's why I'm sure that Dr. King saw fit to publish it in Visit to the Logos of Earth. And if you have that book, you can turn back to it. And I'm sure you'll see many things that we've missed on this program. There's so much to find in that transmission. But I think, Chrissy, you were going to kindly lead us in some prayers. 
both for the master Theorius who delivered that transmission and for Dr. King who was the channel for it. Yes, yes, I'd love to. I think this is a perfect end for us to give our thanks and our gratitude to this really great initiation into, into truth. So let's prepare ourselves, shall we, to give thanks to Dr. George King, the channel for this transmission from the Master Aetherius, followed by a prayer of gratitude to the Master Aetherius for allowing us this elevated knowledge. So let us sit up straight, shall we, with the feet flat on the floor, relax around the neck and shoulders, breathe deeply and evenly for a few moments, And now let us raise our hands in the prayer mudra, which is with the hands about shoulder height, with the palms facing outwards. And as I repeat the prayer, just join mentally and allow the power of love and gratitude to flow through you. O divine creator of life, we humbly offer our love and eternal thankfulness to our beloved master, his eminence, Sir George King, for bringing to us this awe-inspiring transmission, the initiation of the solar system. O oh God, we stand before our master now in deepest reverence for his grace in unveiling to us this dazzling jewel of cosmic truth, revealing the plan of evolution for all life within our system. We thank you, beloved master, for this personal initiation into the cosmic mysteries and for your love beyond our understanding. May you, illustrious cosmic adept, be blessed and protected always by the shining armor of God's infinite love. Almighty Creator, we offer our prayer of deepest gratitude and love to the one we know as the Master is serious, to whom we on this earth are dependent for our very existence, for our every breath in our journey back to thee. O oh God, in all humility do we honor this esteemed one for giving to us unworthy humans his illuminating transmission of cosmic truth about this most high initiation of our system. We bow before this master among masters for his unwavering compassion for all and immeasurable wisdom. O oh God, may his excellency, the master is serious, be now and forever blessed. Slow the hand. That's beautiful, Chrissy. Thank you. And I suppose people should do the ceiling mudra. I think I interrupted you there. Oh, that's fine. Just place the, the right-hand palm once over the left in a swipe for the mudra of detachment. So we detach from the love and the gratitude we've sent to these two wonderful beings and continue with our day. Wonderful. Thank you. So next time we're going to be talking about terrestrial initiation and cosmic hierarchy. I think we've had some questions about the ecclesiastical structure in the Ethereum study, for example, and also about hierarchy, which is very misunderstood and, of course, has been abused, not in spiritual circles by the spiritual hierarchy of Earth ever, but in certain basic terrestrial circles, and yet it is the model throughout the cosmos. So we'll be talking about that on September the 21st. And over to Nikki. Well, my, <clears throat> I'm still coming down from those beautiful, beautiful and wonderful prayers by Chrissy. Thank you. And thank you so much to you both, Richard and Chrissy, for a truly fascinating show. As already mentioned, on September 21st, Richard and Chrissy will be presenting yet another truly insightful show, Terrestrial Initiation and Cosmic Hierarchy. And please remember, 12 midnight GMT, September 3rd, the first hour of the third spiritual push for 2021, when that shining temple of light will be in orbit of this world until October the 9th. 
please, please let us join and send out as much spiritual energy as we can out to our world, which so desperately needs it. If you'd like to find more on, ev- on the fantastic facts and the beautiful book, Visit to the Logos of Earth and other publications mentioned in the show, please visit Assyrius.org. You can connect with Richard through his website, richardlawrence.co.uk, and also with Chrissy through her website, astrologycity.com. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to your company next month.